Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. A Dog's Faith by Kay Highstand. I'll carry the salad, Denny, Gene announced importantly as he picked up a package from the kitchen table. His brother reached for the sandwiches. We're supposed to help get the fire started and set the tables, Mom. All right, boys. Mother smiled at Jean and Denny as they started out the door. Now, be careful, especially when you cross the creek. We will, they promised. Jean whistled for Peggy, the boy's German shepherd, and she eagerly came running. Denny put his arm around the dog's neck and hugged her tightly. Both boys loved her, and since she had been with them for eight years, they could hardly remember a time without her. The brothers were headed to a picnic at Ottawa Park. By walking through the park itself to reach the picnic grounds, they could cut several miles off the distance they would have to go if they took the highway. They planned to hike to the picnic with their dog, and Mom and Dad would come later in the car with a heavy thermos of lemonade. When they got to the picnic spot, quite a few adults and children had already arrived. It was the annual picnic given by the company that employed their father. After helping set the tables, the boys played ball and soon forgot the time. When the women called everybody to come and eat, Jean and Denny realized that their parents hadn't arrived. I wonder what's happened. Denny's blue eyes looked serious. He was the quiet one and always worried about things. Oh, nothing's happened. You worry too much, Jean retorted, wrinkling his freckled nose at his brother. Just then, their father's supervisor, Mr. Saunders, approached them. Boys, we got word just before we left home that your mother and father can't come to the picnic. As alarm spread over the brothers' faces, he added hurriedly, Don't get upset. Your grandmother was taken ill, but they say it isn't too serious. Your parents had to go be with her, so we'll take you home after the picnic. Thanks, Mr. Saunders. Are you sure she's not real sick? Denny asked slowly. It was awful to think that their jolly grandmother was ill. Not too serious, Mr. Saunders repeated, patting his shoulder. Don't worry, boys, and don't start home without us. Jean agreed. Thank you, sir. There was lots of food, but the boys didn't feel like eating much. They were relieved when people started gathering up their things to go home. The boys and Peggy made their way to Mr. Saunders's shiny new automobile. Well, you're all ready, I see, Mr. Saunders's voice boomed as he approached the car. Yes, sir, the boys smiled weakly. They had always been a little bit in awe of their father's boss. What's this? This isn't your dog, is it? The man looked startled and angry when he saw the large police dog. Yes, sir, this is Peggy, Denny spoke defensively and proudly. Mr. Saunders shot an irritated glance at his wife, who stood beside him silently. Well, rumph. Did she walk over here with you boys across the park? Yes, sir, Jean answered. She goes everywhere with us. Mr. Saunders looked at his expensive new car in its spotless interior. That dog can't ride in my car, he declared. She'll put hairs on all the seats. No, no, absolutely not. I disapprove of pets anyway. The boys listened aghast. Then Jean declared bravely, Thank you very much for the offer, Mr. Saunders, but we'll walk home with Peggy across the park. We couldn't possibly leave her. Nonsense, the man exclaimed. The dog can find her way home perfectly well. You boys will not walk home through that dark park. I promised your parents that I'd get you home, and get you home I will. But I didn't promise anything about a dog. Mr. Saunders took hold of Denny's shoulder and firmly guided him into the car. But please, 
Please, Mr. Saunders, Denny pleaded. She might not know she's supposed to go home. He fought to keep back the tears. She can follow the car. Mr. Saunders angrily slammed the door shut with Jean inside. But, Mr. Saunders, that's worse yet. She might get killed on the highway following the car. Jean was crying now. Mrs. Saunders turned around in the front seat as her husband started the car. Now, boy, she said cheerfully, the dog will probably run across the park and beat you home. Don't worry. Go home, Peggy, go home, Jean ordered, sticking his head out of the car window. But the big dog sat down on her haunches, cocked her head to one side, and looked at him wonderingly out of her trusting brown eyes. She doesn't know what you mean, Denny choked. We, we never taught her that, Mr. Saunders. He begged, he pleaded, but the man ignored him as he drove hastily away. The boys watched out of the rear window, but no large dog followed them. When they arrived home after the roundabout trip by the highway, they got out quickly, anxiously looking about them for Peggy. Thank you, Mr. Saunders, Denny said, forcing a politeness he didn't feel. After all, Mr. Saunders was Dad's boss. Your dog will be home soon, boys. Don't worry, Mrs. Saunders called out as they drove away. The house was dark, and the boys sat down on the porch steps wearily. Mom and Dad aren't home yet, Jean said. If they were, we could drive back over to the picnic grounds. What if she followed the car? Denny asked timidly, putting their worries into words. Let's go to the edge of the park and call her. Jean jumped to his feet, relieved to be finally doing something. The boys walked the half block to the edge of the park and whistled and called. They didn't dare go into the woods, for they had been expressly forbidden ever to do so at night. But no large friendly form came bouncing happily out of the darkness to greet them. Greatly discouraged and deeply worried, they returned home. Their parents still weren't there. The boys waited up for a while, but finally went to bed. Jean could hear Denny tossing and turning in the other twin bed. Denny, are you all right? he finally asked. I know she followed us to the highway and got hit by a car. Denny was sobbing. Try not to worry, Jean said gruffly, swallowing a large lump in his throat. As soon as it's daylight, we'll hike across the park and see if we can find her. Jean slept uneasily, and when he heard the cuckoo clock strike 4 a.m., he could bear it no longer. He got out of bed quietly and groped for his clothes. Denny heard him instantly. Jean, are you getting up? Yes, it'll be daylight soon. Denny jumped out of bed. I'm going with you. Just as the boys got downstairs, they heard a car motor and saw lights in the driveway. It's Mom and Dad! Jean shouted as they dashed outdoors. Father pulled the car to a stop at the back porch. Well, boys, what are you doing up at this hour? How's Grandma? they both asked. She's better. Your mother's going to stay with her today, but I came home so I could see how you boys were and get ready for work. Dad rubbed his hand over his tired face. She had a slight stroke, but she knows us now and just needs rest and care. I'm so glad, Dad, but we've lost Peggy. Denny stopped and couldn't say any more. Jean hastily explained the situation. Tired as their father was, he didn't hesitate a moment. Get in the car, boys. We'll drive to the park along the same route Mr. Saunders brought you home and see if we can find her. Denny leaned forward in the back seat and put his hand on his father's shoulder. Dad, I prayed and prayed for Grandma and for Peggy. Was that wrong, to pray for a dog? Father shook his head. No, son. Peggy loves you, and she has loved and cared for you boys all her life. 
She gives you her loyalty and trust, and it's only right that you should love and care for her in return. It was getting daylight, but Dad still kept the headlights on. The three of them watched the sides of the road carefully, dreading every moment to see the body of a large dog lying mangled on the pavement. "'Oh, Dad, where could she be?' Denny cried as they came to the entrance of the park. "'Maybe she's waiting at the picnic place, Dad,' Jean said hopefully. "'We'll hope so, boys. Someone may have picked her up. In that case, we'll go to the pound. We'll investigate everywhere.' As they rounded a circular driveway, they could see the picnic grounds, the open ovens, and the tables where the picnic had been held. Dad stopped the car and switched off the headlights. There, in the cool gray dawn, sitting beside the stone fireplace where they'd left her, was Peggy. The boys tumbled out of the car and raced toward her. Peggy leaped into their arms, then whirled and dashed about them in ecstasy. Dad kept saying, She waited for you to come back. What faith! What simple trusting faith she has. She never doubted you'd come back for her. Denny had his arms about her neck and was crying into her damp, rough fur. Jean called her into the car, and taking off his jacket, he used it like a towel to dry her. She was wet from the night dew, but Dad never said a word about the car interior. He stopped in the driveway at home and turned around in his seat to watch the two happy boys. Peggy put her paws on the back of the front seat and tried to lick his face gratefully. "'Thanks so much, Dad,' Jean said solemnly. "'I guess maybe my prayers helped too, huh?' "'I'm sure they did.' Dad tousled his red hair. "'Always keep faith and trust in God in your heart. You've seen a wonderful example of another kind of trust and loyalty tonight, and you should never forget it.' The boys hugged Peggy again as they chorused, "'We never will.'" The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.